Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Number 99, Wayne Gretzky has chosen the Calgary Flame to win the series against the Edmonton. Did I see that right or was I dreaming it again? Did you see the Oilers' Twitter account? They all they No, what they say was the Oilers tweeted... Ouch, Wayne, because he picked the Flames. I couldn't believe it. Love Wayne Gretzky. No doubt. But I feel like somebody's putting Wayne up to these things. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Rod Peterson Show. Coming to you from South Florida and in short time, the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. Next week, by the way, we'll be broadcasting live from the Centennial Cup presented by Tim Hortons in the beautiful city of Estevan, Saskatchewan. I cannot wait for that. We're going to be talking about the Centennial Cup coming up here. Let's bring in the moose, if you don't mind. And uh, if you wonder what is... They're, they're writing in that they're watching us in HD moose in uh, Manitoba on Bell MTS and Game Plus TV. I wonder if they can see the tears in my eyes and on my cheeks from the interview with Mike Richards at the tail end of hour one. Oh my, that was some of his best stuff. Vintage Mike Richards. I, I missed it. I was on the phone <laughs> and I hear the guys in my ear being like, we're still on the floor laughing. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to come on. I want to go back and watch the Mike Richards interview. Jack Fulton writing in the comments on the screen. Mike Richards is rock star of the day for the rest of the month. Now, you got to kind of need to be a Calgary fan to appreciate what Mike just rattled off. But, oh, my. He did a Steve Armitage impression, okay? As if he was opening the broadcast on CBC tonight. Uh, so um, saying and I'm loving it. social feeds yeah. really soon. That'll be on our social feeds before uh, long. Probably, probably should be. Um, so what I love about what I love about this particular time of the show and time of the week is the old what I used to say on my old radio show. We had the liner from the big voice guy. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. So whatever you people want to talk about, I'm game to talk about here. And earlier on, we discussed point three of our quick six show topics was that Don Cherry said in a pro- podcast this week that he and Ron McLean will never be friends because Ron didn't back him when Don got fired at Sportsnet for his non-inclusive comments about immigrants to Canada not wearing pop. I'll only read this. Another comment from Jack in Vulcan, Alberta. He wrote in earlier on the 902 line, and he says, Rod, what's sad about the Don Cherry situation is he grew up in a totally different culture, so why does it fall on him? Why can't today's politically correct culture show Don a little understanding? Again, I'm not Don Cherry's uh, publicist, PR guy, and I'm not a relation. But he was given the opportunity to apologize, explain the error of his ways, and he refused. So he really gave them no choice. And that's about all that I want to talk about anymore in that situation. Uh, We covered it last hour. I'm loving... 
the Battle of Alberta talk. And Darren, I just called up, I was just surfing Twitter in the break, from CanadaNewsMedia.ca. There's a story here of what was going on in Alberta in 1991, the last time these two teams played. And I'm such an adult and so old. I was in college in Calgary, 1991. Shocking that I blew my mind. I forgot that the Oilers and Flames were playing in the Battle of Alberta. Now, having said that, back then, it wasn't a novelty. I didn't think it would be another 32 years, 32 seasons before they'd meet again. They used to meet every year of the Stanley Cup playoffs. They did back then. But they, there's interviews here with uh, Al Dewar, the former mayor of Calgary. Where the heck is it? Yeah, Al Dewar, mayor of Calgary from 1989 to 2001, interviewing Mike Vernon about what he remembers from back then. They said the band Nirvana played their first ever Calgary show at some little club. It was just months before they released their album Smells Like Teen Spirit in 1991. What were you, Darren, three or four years old when this happened? Um, I would have been four. I would have just turned four before the playoffs, yeah. What do you remember about that playoff series? <laughs> Probably sucking on my thumb, and, you know, I don't know what I was doing in 1991. I really don't. Well, as your mom, as your mom Paula would say, probably running around with a clipboard, snot bubbles running uh, out of your nose. Exactly. Um, Here's what else was going on in 1991. The Steven Seagal action flick Out for Justice topped the box office, having dethroned the previous title holder Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. That was going on. How about that? Uh, I love that stuff. I love that kind of stuff. And I'm usually the one pointing this stuff out, but it's usually as it relates to things that with us, like who was the premier of the province of Saskatchewan in 1991? Um, I believe it was Grant Devine. Yeah, Roy Romano took over in 92. Uh, Prime Minister was Brian Mulroney. The uh, President of the United States. Somebody help me out. I, I think it was still Reagan. We're talking about a long time ago. What is it about? Do you enjoy the historical stuff as much as I do? Yeah. Or am I just pointing out my age here? No, it reminds you of, you know, the time and what everything was like. And, you know, I was telling you about, you know, watching old YouTube videos of Oilers and Flames in 97, you know, and things like that. And it just you watch those broadcasts, it reminds you, you hear about who was president and prime minister, kind of puts you back into those, uh, into that time of, uh, of life. Um, George W. Bush was the president in the United States of America in 1991. I apologize, which I should have known because Desert Storm was going on then too. Now that I'm literally transporting my mind back in time to 1991, Desert Storm, which we thought was going to be World War III, and George Bush was on the air uh, every night addressing the nation, the father, the father of George W. Bush. George H. Bush was the president. George W. Bush was his son. So, yeah, I enjoy those historical perspectives, too. Stick with me. Bob Smith is watching in Maple Ridge, B.C. He writes in and says, Morning, RP. Good old Manitoba boy, Barry Trotz, was interviewed by the Winnipeg Jets yesterday. He was, and I spoke to his agent last night, who's a very close friend of mine. And all I will tell you about the Barry Trotz interview was, as the agent said, more to come. 
So I think he may end up as the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Who knows? Brady watching Darren from the Bridge City. Haven't heard from him in a while. He says, hey, Rod, excited for the Battle of Alberta? Should be a slugfest. I'm rooting for the Avalanche. Wow, were they ever good. Warriors versus Mavs series should be entertaining. And uh, Brady goes on to say preseason week one of the CFL for the Riders will be in jeopardy today. Which reminds me, do we have any breaking news? To t- is there something there? I saw somebody was writing in earlier saying that we might know today on the status of the strike. Today being that was the Wednesday. latest. Yeah, that was the latest from Naylor and then a little bit from Farhan in the last hour or so. Um, just surfing Twitter that it's been quiet, but apparently talks are happening. So Naylor's expecting to hear news by the end of the day. Um, some people are expecting a deal to get done potentially by end of day Thursday. So again, not seeing no any impact on Monday's game, not hearing a thing about, you know, if the game is on, if it's not. So we'll continue to monitor that. I will reiterate what I said in hour one here. and. I'm um, hesitant to talk about it because I suspect this segment of the show is going to run in our weekend best of the Rod Peterson show on Access Television. And who knows by the weekend, I would hope this will have been put to bed. But as I spoke to uh, a CFL legend, another guy that I talked to yesterday, he goes, I don't think the owners and leaders know what they're doing on this side, and I don't think the Players Association knows what it's doing either. The one thing he did say was back in 1974, if the commissioner was Jake Gadar then, and I believe he was, I mean, that's going a long ways back for me too, but he said the commissioner back then would go back and forth between the two sides and bridge them together. The difference here is that the current CFL commissioners firmly planted his flag on the side of the owners. That seems like the, well, I don't even need to ask you. That's what it certainly seems. Not bridging the two sides compared to the old days. John Kirby, watching in Edmonton, writes in and says on the 902 text line, the Arizona Coyotes will not be permitted to use their own logo at Center Ice this coming season. All in-ice advertising will be a revenue source for Arizona State University, and so the Coyotes aren't allowed to modify the look of the ice surface. He had wrote in earlier and asked what our thoughts are on that. And I will only address it because I know what a big deal it is for whatever reason, to Canadians, what's going on in Arizona? Like, I don't even care. And they were my favorite team for a period of time. But anyways, you need, John, and anybody else to understand how these things work. It's Arizona State's rink. Arizona State University. They own the rink. And they're just allowing the Coyotes to come play there for a couple of years. And heaven only knows how that's going to turn out, this grease fire. Because it's an open-ended deal, from what I can tell. Darren, it comes down to egos, and as we said last hour on the TV, contracts. It's Arizona State University's ring. Of course they're going to have their logo at center ice. Who owns the ring? ASU. Okay, you put your logos on the ice. I would have to think you agree with that. I could completely. Can't agree with it. That's the way it is. There is no opinion there. That is the way it is. And for the Coyotes... Look at I always I think I've, I think I'm kind of on an island here a little bit with this Arizona situation in Phoenix, but the Coyotes should be okay with that. They shouldn't be upset. This isn't their rink. They're trying here to get a new facility, so they're going into the university rink, and they're trying to drum up some excitement. Smaller rink, limited tickets. They're trying to create demand. 
So whatever it takes to get in the building and be successful and all of that, great. You can hologram logos onto the center ice during the warm-up when the lights go down, and they'll do all kinds of removable banners to make it feel like a Coyotes game, I hope. But, uh, yeah, this is all part of it for, for the Coyotes organization if they're going to have any chance it's of owning the market. 111 Eastern, 111 Eastern, 1111 Mountain. Just pointing out. Sorry to interrupt you because I know it's rude to do that, Darren, but I thought it was important to put it in there. Well, it was important, and look at what we were talking about. So it's all going to work out for the Coyotes, I think. Well, depending what your definition of working out is, um, Darren Workman, watching in Salt Lake City, Utah, says the Coyotes will be allowed to use their logo all they want when they're in Houston. Hey, look, I have no idea. Do you want to go back to egos and contracts and so forth? I don't. Look, they're moving into this rink at ASU. They don't know where they're going afterwards. This is what people don't seem to understand. And, 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 and why, by the way, am I still talking about it? Because people clearly aren't listening. I said in Calgary, when the Flames moved from Atlanta, they played in the corral for three, maybe four years, but the saddle room was being built across the parking lot. They saw the tangible evidence of where they were going. In Arizona, they don't have a deal for a new rink. They don't have a location. Nothing. And now I think the only reason that the uh, Coyotes are staying in Arizona is because of Gary Bettman's ego. He might have a large one, Darren. That's my sense. Like, they are the Toronto Argonauts of the NHL. They're that, well, except that they don't win. The Argos were the second best team in the CFL last year, as you know, or third best, I guess. Coyotes are the worst team, certainly in the West Conference. They average less than the Pats for attendance, and now they're homeless but they won't move them. And they tell me the only reason is because of the 7 million people in uh, the Valley, that the TV market, but nobody watches them anyways. You want to explain that one to me? I know it's just literally that television audience. We can't leave this market, this potential TV audience, because we really want to crack it. Well, if the team always sucks and the team doesn't have a good reputation, which is what I consider brand, then people aren't going to watch anyway, but it's the potential. So it's like the CFL not wanting to be out of, out of Toronto because, well, when we get that market going, the TV audience is going to take us off. Well, when's that going to happen? You know, this is an opportunity, but to me, this feels like a last effort in, in Arizona. This is so funny. Uh, David Ice in Winnipeg has been with us all day long, and he says, Please let us die, Coyotes. Uh, Batman, no, I love you. (laughs) Please let us die with some dignity. Right? No, I can't. Can't do that. It's for for my benefit. Unplug the cord. That's what I'm saying. No. Yeah. No, we're going to make this work. Damn it. Uh, Nelson, our VP of Sim Events says when the Tiger Cats and Argos played in Guelph, they didn't get a field logo. Same deal. So, John and Edmonton, I appreciate you bringing up the question, but this is how it worked. It again is called the golden rule. He who owns the gold makes rules. Uh, David in Winnipeg says 11,601 average attendance for the Coyotes this season. 
That's what they say. Darren, I feel like I'm going to pull my headphone off, turn the mic <laughs> off, and just walk away. because No, 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 Rod, there's like 11,000. No, there's not. Watch the games. And I've often said this, when they announced paid attendance, which I don't even believe that, but when they announced the junior teams and whatever teams that do it, they say, let's say the Argos announced 15,000, but there's only 10,000 in the facility. That's 5,000 that say, well, I'll buy tickets, but I don't even want to come watch you. That's worse. When you can actually see there's half as many people in the facility as they announced, it's worse. It's worse. Here's my money. Take the donation. I don't even want to come watch you. That's what I've always said about that. Don't you see? Don't you feel the same way? I feel exactly the same way. And, you know, on, on the nitpicking of numbers, I mean, yeah, technically they probably sell more tickets than the Regina Pats do, technically. But that's not the point you're trying to make. It's not the point. It's like the one sports team in Saskatchewan. Well, no, there's more than one pro sports team in Saskatchewan, but not the point we're trying to make here. There really is only one people talk about, and they really don't have as much interest as the Regina Pats do. So I get that. Like, I had a buddy. People. I don't think there's seen one photo with 11,000 people in that arena. <laughs> no. I had a buddy send me a photo from a game he was at just within the last month, maybe six weeks. Empty arena. He goes, Gunner is his nickname. And he says, the Pats draw more. So you're gonna, you can say whatever you want was there. As a matter of fact, I might go look up what they said what the attendance was. <laughs> We're going to break and come back with more, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, Battle of Alberta game one tonight. We haven't even mentioned Rangers at Carolina tonight. A little more of what went down here in Sunrise, Florida last night, and can the Panthers come back in this series? See if there's any developments on the CFL strike. We'll be right back. It's hour two of the RP show. You are watching on Game Plus TV, live streaming on YouTube at 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. And nice look in on the Florida Keys. That is the set of Bloodline and Warhead House. How about that? Welcome uh, back How to the RP that? Show, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Hey, by the way, uh, Jeff Foxworthy bringing his brand new The Good Old Days tour to Calgary this Saturday night. Largest selling comedy recording artist in history, a multiple Grammy Award nominee, and best selling author of more than 26 books. I haven't heard that it sold out. I'd be shocked if it isn't. Scramble the Ticketmaster now, ticketmaster.ca. It's a night off in the Battle of Alberta Saturday night, so if you want to go see Jeff Foxworthy, now's your chance, ticketmaster.ca at Great Eagle Resort and Casino. Let us bring the moose back in. You see the text line number on the screen, 902-518-3033. Moose, if you don't mind, I don't know what made me think of it, but I got to give you kudos for the Netflix series, no, or Apple TV series, we crashed. I'm obsessed. Man, I don't really get into these series as much. But man, is that a good one. What else are you streaming now? I Drive to Survive kind of just fell off the path. I haven't even, can't remember the last time we watched that. Yeah, we crashed. It, what a for great sure. show. Isn't it good? We crashed. Yeah, amazing. Um, you said you tried watching the one Inventing Anna on Netflix. That was the one I got into. 
to me, it reminded me a lot of the Queen's Gambit, if you remember that one. And if you enjoyed this it, one it's was a different. Weird. Yeah, this is a, is a little bit like that limited series. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, but We Crash is the one I'm into right now. And uh, there's a there's a funny sitcom series that I just found. I, I'd watched it before. It's on Disney Plus, if you, if you have that. But it's uh, called Last Man Standing. It's the one with Tim Allen. I might have told you about it. It's got about eight seasons. It's actually a pretty funny show. And I think you'd like it. You told me about it. Haven't checked it out. Will do. By the way, John Kirby in Edmonton, our fact checker today, writes in and says, lots of tickets available for Jeff Foxworthy in Calgary. Well, I can tell you this. If I was in the area, I would be going. I guess, is that this Saturday? What's today's date? The 18th. Oh, it's a week from Saturday. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. More of a last-minute town. A week from Saturday, the night before the Centennial Cup final. Um, where is it here? Uh, Wayne of Victoria, B.C., regarding the Panthers' lightning series. He says, I originally thought that Florida would win the series in seven, but after seeing last night's game, I think Tampa Bay will win now because of Vasilevsky. Oh, gosh, I know. I saw the big blaring headline from Craig Button that Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the NHL, and he is. I'll say this about last night's game. If you saw, Darren, I was watching from, well, I went down to visit Thad for a while in his seats, but then I got kicked out because it was 19,656 there. There were no empty seats. So some guy's like, you're in my seat, bub. I'm like, okay. You see me videoing Kyle Bukakis? From the backside with the smoke machine. Uh, that's on our Instagram story at the Rod Peterson Show. What did you think about that, Moose? I thought that was pretty funny. They got the smoke machine going. He's trying to do his sit. He's waving the smoke around. It's like they're trying to kill Kyle Bukaskis. It's like, so it is. It's entertaining because it's a nice live. It's like a backstage pass to look around the arena on a game day. I think that's pretty cool. Go to Rod Peterson Official on Instagram and the Rod Peterson Show. You'll get behind-the-scenes access to last night's Panthers lightning game. But I'm telling you, Kyle Bukakis, which, again, I'm sitting with Americans, okay? It's another world from what we're used to in Canadians. Like, they're looking, they're like, looking at Bukakis, and one of the people in the group I was with goes, what is he, 10? And I'm like, no, I know, but he's had the job for, like, 10 years. So I, I don't know. But he's very good. There's no doubt about that. But it, it looked like an episode or a, a scene from Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke, where they're rolling down the freeway <laughs> in L.A. with smoke out <coughs> coming out the windows. That's what it looked like last night. But anyways, back to the game. I watched it for a bit with that, and then I went up to the press box. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, Tampa, Florida's all over Tampa Bay right now they, at that time they were out shooting them like 19 to 12 or something like that they were getting all kinds of chances and they are statistically the better team they play in the same division they beat him 8-1 in the building earlier on this year granted the lightning were missing a bunch of players due to COVID but whatever it's still the NHL and pro teams and uh, it was Vasilevsky that held the lightning in it until they decided to wake up and then they were the Tampa Bay Lightning and that's why Goaltending is so important, and I believe he is the best goalie in the NHL. I, I really do. I've seen him enough. But Bob wasn't bad. If you switch goalies last night, Florida wins that game. Vasilevsky was the first star for a reason. And actually, I was thinking this driving home. Listen to the Panthers postgame show 
on the radio. Darren, if you knew going into the game, if you're the Panthers and somebody told you, when this is all over, Vasilevsky's going to be first star, you wouldn't feel very good about it, would you? No, of course not. You'd feel pretty bad. And you know what? I thought Bob played well, and I thought they were in that game. They were all over Tampa, dominating the game, if you will, until the Kucherov play when he set up Corey Perry. He made that move danced around and slipped it over to Perry. And you could see in Bob's eyes and his body language, it was basically a tap-in because the move and the pass was so good. It's like, oh my God, what do I got to do now? And that seemed like a real backbreaker for the, uh, for the Florida Panthers last night. Well, it didn't help, but I saw people laughing at Aaron Ekblad on Twitter for being deked out of his shorts. But Kucherov's one of the best players in the world. And I know Ekblad is too, a former number one overall pick. But... Nobody could defend that. Nobody. And I, we're going to find... This is why I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to find out what the Florida Panthers are made of. And they learned a tough lesson last year, losing in seven, to this very same Tampa Bay team who went on to win the Stanley Cup. Did you learn your lesson then? Or are you learning your lesson now? You can't make mistakes. And Kucherov, you got to watch... Or Kucherov, Kucherov, you got to watch out for this guy. Take him right here. Like the other night, again, somebody was talking about, oh, it's uh, guy in Winnipeg. Where is he? 902 text line here. My bad, Darren. It was something, oh, where did it come in? He said that Florida was struggling for attendance through the last several years. Yeah, well, they suck. Try winning. And by the way, that goes back to the Arizona thing, because you know that I was spending a ton of time there because my buddy owned the team. And... I'm sitting in the crowd, and the Americans are saying to me, born and raised Phoenicians, that's what they call themselves, people from Phoenix, born and raised. They said, we'd go to the games more if the team hadn't sucked for so long. They haven't made the playoffs in eight years. <laughs> you know? So here in Florida, they get mad at a, I said this yesterday, didn't I? They get mad at a missed penalty or a botched hybrid icing call, or they know, they know. They know the game. They've had it here since 1993. They just don't live and breathe it. You know, if and when the Panthers lose out, they'll go on the next day and not even think about it. Um, so, yes, the Panthers struggled in attendance, but they were terrible. Ward in Winnipeg, watching on Game Plus, he says, Bettman will die on the Coyotes' hill before he lets them leave. How much money over the years has helped them, Rod? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. We're sitting there. You've heard this story, but I'll tell it for the benefit of our viewers. We're sitting there having lunch at one of those bars and restaurants across from the rink in Glendale, Arizona. And I'm with Gary Drummond and Anthony LeBlanc and all the owners of the And Drummond at, the, Drummond at that time owned a portion of the pack. So he goes, we're going to lose $500,000 this year. And I said, the Coyotes? He's like, no. <laughs> No, the Pat. We're going to lose $50 million with the Coyotes this year. That was just in one year. $50 million. Do the math on that. And then he got out. Right? I think he, uh, I don't care how much money you have. I don't think you can lose $50 million a year. Like, hundreds of millions of dollars have been bled on that franchise in Arizona. I don't get it. Do you? it's potential and they'll keep shoveling money into potential and 
at some yeah. point you know how i feel about that word you know how i feel about that word i know and at some point they have to realize this potential is not turning into opportunity right because there's a difference between opportunity and potential and it hasn't turned into an opportunity yet i don't know if it ever will how did I get sucked down this rabbit hole of talking about the Arizona Coyotes on a day where the Battle of Alberta plays game one? Phil Thompson, watching in Dauphin, Manitoba on Game Plus TV, writes in and says, it's hump day, Battle of Alberta day. As much as I like the orders, I feel the Flames could take it in five. I can't wait for the Centennial Cup. Been to a few Dauphin Kings games during the playoffs and for an arena that holds just over 1,800 people, I've seen more people at these games than I see at a Coyotes game. Hashtag Dauphin Kings. Well, I don't want this to turn into a Coyotes roast either. Not to upset the PETA people. But um, I will say one thing on this Flames Water series. I'm waiting for the real Mike Smith to show up. I'm waiting for the real Mike Smith to show up. And Darren, I wanted to mention this because we will be in Estevan, Saskatchewan for the Centennial Cup presented by Tim Hortons. It begins on Thursday, everybody. Wakey, wakey. Triple header on Thursday, Noon Mountain at Affinity Place. I wrote it down. Pickering versus Red Lake, 12 p.m. Mountain. You can watch all the games at hockeycanada.ca. Then at 4 p.m. Mountain, it is Sioux versus Flin Flon. I think it's the Sioux Warriors versus Flin Flon. And then at 7.30 p.m., it's the Brooks Bandits versus Longay, Quebec. And there's a wonderful preview running at rodpeterson.com right now, penned by the Elliot Friedman of the SJHL, Jamie Neugebauer, with a paragraph on each team. We've only got nothing but the best working on our staff, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, on the side of the scenes. And that includes Jamie Neugebauer, who did a paragraph on each team. He ranked them. He's got Brooks as the number one team going into the Centennial Cup, presented by Tim Hortons. And I can't wait. I, I'm not joking when I say all oh, the hockey people, the fans, when are you getting in? Where are you staying? What do you think of this? Blah, blah, blah. <sighs> My heart flutters when I think about what's ahead in this Centennial Cup. Um, your take on the field and what we're about to take part in. I was in that arena in Brooks, and the banners they have up there hanging for championships, division titles, just in the last decade. It's like every year that team, just all they do is win in Brooks. They'll be very good. So it'll be interesting to see how they play. And then obviously when you get towards Friday and Saturday and Estevan gets on the ice, that place will be rocking. So I can't wait to get there. And I know we'll be spending all day at the rink, man. It's going to be great. Is it true that we're going to be able to pick the three stars? We might be able to. We're in discussions, in negotiations. Wow. <laughs> I like it. I'm all for it. I like okay, it. Okay, Moose, we'll, we'll see you back here for overtime. Okay, you betcha. Sportsnet's Arash Madani joins us next for a Blue Jays update. Maybe a little CFL strike talk. That's next. Stick around. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. YouTube live streaming, and if you've missed any of the show, you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. 
you gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Beautiful day here in uh, South Florida. Heat wedding last night, but the Panthers losing. I guess you call it a 50-50 night. By the way, uh, for the second time this hour, we're going to tell you that Jeff Foxworthy coming to Gray Eagle Resort and Casino Saturday night, May 28th. The largest selling comedy recording artist in history, a multiple Grammy Award nominee, and best-selling author of more than 26 books, brings his brand new The Good Old Days comedy tour to Calgary. Next Saturday, May 28th, tickets are available now at Ticketmaster.ca. Probably some tickets available tonight for the Blue Jays and Mariners as the Jays go for the sweep. Joining us to talk about it, Sportsnet's Arash Badani. And if I saw this correctly, Arash, and by the way, sir, it's been far too long. Jays attendance up 59% leading the majors. That was before this week's homestead against the Mariners. But how are we on the Bluebirds uh, this week? Well, this is what they needed, Rod. I mean, they just went on a road trip where they were just dreadful. Um, they couldn't hit. Uh, their their bullpen at times uh, started to fall apart, and their starting pitching was a bit of an adventure, and they couldn't hit. Did I mention that already? Um, but then they come home, they get these two with the Mariners, and now Cincinnati is coming to town this weekend, and the Reds are absolutely dreadful. So the offense still hasn't gotten going. I mean, it's funny. It feels... But outside of George Springer, uh, their next most productive hitter is Santiago Espinal. Who would have thought that? So um, the roof is now open. That's the other thing. So I think attendance is going to you know, continue to spike here. But once the summer rolls around, I was actually looking into tickets for some friends for this summer. And uh, some are hard to find. Some games are already hard to find. And it's the 18th of May. So that's the story. Well, like I said, I saw attendance up 59% leading the majors. I almost, bud, texted you, almost, on this road trip and just said, should we be concerned? But I always hated when people texted me when I was on the rider beat for 20 years, so I, I, I refrained. But if you're telling me that they can't hit with this lineup, then that tells me that it's just a little bit of a swoon because they're way more powerful than what they've shown over the last, before the Seattle series. Yeah, you have to think so. You know, at some point, track record has got to take over. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez is a two-time reigning Silver Slugger Award winner. He hasn't gotten going since coming back off the injured list. Once he does, that is huge because at some point, they're going to have to pitch to somebody. And right now, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not getting any pitches to hit. So if Teoscar gets going, if Bichette gets a little more consistency, if Chapman's bat starts to go, then that, that opens things up for Vlad, um, which is a big part of all this as I try and dodge this light behind me. Um, so that, that's, that's a significant piece to this whole equation because Vlad hit three home runs, Rod, last month in, at Yankee Stadium. And since, nobody's giving him much to hit in the zone. And when there's not much protection behind him or in front of him, that's going to continue. Uh, if that changes, look out. For sure, but you know, you talk about the road trip. Swept in New York in two games. Did we really see the Yankees being this good? And are they going to be able to keep the pedal to the metal at this clip the rest of the way? Yeah, and that, do we, did I see it coming? No. Did I see the bullpen being this dominant? Not a chance. 
And pedal to the metal is actually a really good analogy here because, Roddy, they are going full throttle here in May. And uh, that's going to be interesting to see how sustainable this can be. I mean, Aaron Judge has bet on himself. I didn't see this coming at all. This guy is mashing all over the place. So can this continue with a 36-year-old Josh Donaldson with Giancarlo Stanton, who spends almost, it feels, as much time on the injured list as he's not, with question marks behind the plate? So far, so good. But, you know, I think this is important to remember. There's 120 or so games to go. There's a lot of baseball left. Um, it was around this time in 2019, the Nationals were, were 12 games below 500, and they went on to win the World Series that year. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen to a team that's, that's scuffling right now, but, you know, Sparky Anderson would always say, get to the end of May, be 500 after 60 games, be healthy after 60 games, and with 100 games left, that's when the season really starts. So let's see, uh, let's see where the chips fall once, uh, once things really get going. Well, I keep checking my score app and seeing them losing. And I'm like, I, but in my mind, I see your face going, it's May. It's May. <laughs> I see your face in my, okay. Arash says, it's May. So I'll just calm down. Hey, I never talked to... DuPont about this earlier, the resident Leafs fan, along with Clark, but I'll put it to you. The Brain Trust says yesterday, no changes. Uh, your take on this Leafs season, and did you think there should be your take on it all and what came out of Scotiabank Arena yesterday, if you don't mind? I actually filled in for McAuliffe yesterday on Tim and Friends, Rod, and I went on, I had quite a commentary on the state of affairs. You lose six straight times in the first round. You lose over and over again the first round. And nothing is going to be different. Nothing's different. They're going to bring back the same team president, the same GM, the same coach, and the same core of players. Now, how does that make sense? Whoops. Yeah. Um, it, it's actually amazing that. Through all this, Roddy, it almost feels like the way that Dubis and Shanahan spoke yesterday, like we're so close. We're so close. We didn't lose as badly this year as we have in other years. The benchmark, these people seem to think, is getting through the first round. Um, it is so puzzling. It's bizarre. It's baffling. It's actually bordering on pure delusion that they feel doing the same thing, running the whole thing back, bringing the same cast of characters again, is going to make all the difference. And the reality is that it's not, because it's proven that it's not. You often talk about track record and precedent and the rest. I, I have a hard time believing that MLSE is going to continue with this, but I just don't know who Brendan Shanahan reports to anymore. I don't know who's in charge anymore, but they just feel that what, they've, what they're doing is going to work, and yet every spring it doesn't work. Can I ask you this, just as an outsider of that market, do they, is there anybody in that office that goes, well, it worked with the Raptors. 
Now, Masai Ujiri isn't running the Toronto Maple Leafs, but is there any of that thinking? If we did it with the NBA team, we can do it with the NHL team. You ever hear anything like that coming out of there? Well, if you're going to go down that road, a few things. <laughs> One, let's remember in 26, they win in 2019, right? 2016, that's a Raptor team that got to the conference finals. They took LeBron and the Cavs. Well, LeBron and the Cavs allowed them to go six games um, in 2016. So it's not just getting out of the first round that was the, the issue. And then, uh, that, you know, again and again, LeBron and the Cavs knocked them out. So what happened after the 2018 playoffs, Rod? Major shakeup. Dwayne Casey out. DeMar DeRozan traded. Ooh. A first-round pick, you know, from the year before, along with DeMar. And they went for it. Say whatever you will about Kawhi Leonard being a lottery ticket, but it paid off. There was a major shakeup that led to the championship. They added Marcus Gasol at the deadline. They went for it. They did something different. This Maple Leafs team is just saying, we're going to do the same thing again. Uh, I, and, wow. you know, there are a lot of people who are saying, okay, well, you got to walk before you run and you got to, you know, pay your dues to get the breakthrough to finally get a championship. I believe all of that. But... The Washington Capitals, before they had their breakthrough, would always get through, almost always get through the first round. The Boston Bruins, before Zdeno Chara finally lifted the cup, would always get through the first round. This is a team that can't even do that. It's almost like they believe there's a Stanley Cup waiting for them after they get through the, the opening round of the playoffs. Very, very interesting parallel with the Raptors and what happened there. I'm glad I asked. Never thought about it that way. Um, lastly, we got about a minute to 90 seconds. The CFL fans want to know your thoughts on the strike and where it's going. I'm assuming it's going to be over soon. I've seen the same reports everybody else has. Um, Rod, if this is how Randy Ambrosi and the league governors want to be partners with the league, what if they didn't? What if they didn't? If you want to be partners with somebody, do you really begin bargaining a few weeks before camp? Do you really offer a 10-year CBA, make a 10-year CBA offer without any increases? You really want to be partners and say player safety is important to us, but padded practices are mandatory? You really want to be partners, but you cut off talks? It, it just feels like there are boilerplate statements that Randy just sticks to that have been fed to him by his communication staff, and those are what he relies on. Let's remember, Ambrosi went in front of the House, House of Commons uh, Finance Committee basically two years ago today, asked for $150 million from the federal government and said, we want to be partners with you. Well, if this is the way he's going to be partners with the players, I think the big winner here are Canadian taxpayers because this is the way the league wants to be in business with their partners. How much of that loan do you think the CFL was going to be paying back? I didn't have any money to pay it back, exactly. Well, yes, we will cover them when they get back on the field, but a lot of the problems will remain. But for the players' sake, I hope uh, it's as fair as it can be and play ball. This has been a wonderful update, Arash. Thanks for this, and uh, keep up the great work, my man. You got, and if you see Randorf again in one of those games, give him my best, will you? <laughs> I absolutely will. Give him hell for me, too, by the way.
Four. Give him hell for me too. Oh, I thought there was something specific that you wanted me to give him no, hell no, for. No, okay, no. yeah, I will. Yeah, we had a great chat yeah. last night. Thank you, man. Uh, sports okay, dancer Rash Madani with us from the T dot. Uh, overtime is next, and viewer takeover. Moose Dupont will join us for that. You're watching the RP Show live from South Florida on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Here we go. It is overtime. A proud presentation of the Four Seasons Sports Publisher. Home for the Stanley Cup playoffs and the UFC. Tonight, it is 7.30 Mountain, 9.30 Eastern. Game one right there at the Saddledome. Flames and Oilers. And, of course, the other game that nobody cares about. It is the Carolina Hurricanes home to the New York Rangers. Let's bring in the Moose for overtime. Darren Moose, DuPont. By the way, overtime. Also, the viewer takeovers for Taco Time, Darren. Taco Time has sent us the note they want us to say to the viewers. They're not tater tots, okay? They're Mexi fries. And to be honest, I'm not sure I can go along with that. Have we ever seen them in the same room before? Tater tots and Mexi fries? You know what I'm saying? That's a great question. Great Hot question. Nah. We got some investigative journalism to do next time we're, when you come to Calgary. You wouldn't be pulling my leg, would you? Taco time? No, I get it. Tater tots are just a little less greasy. Sorry, Mexi fries are less greasy than tater tots. Would you agree? I didn't want to, yeah, and I didn't want to spoil it, but when you get in on Saturday, and my, my plan was to uh, swing you by the uh, taco time drive through uh, to fuel up for our trip to Estevan. So we'll be low. There's uh, one on the way. I love it. I love it. I apologize to Alex watching, or actually operating this show at Game Plus TV in Toronto. Alex Fulton has written in on the 902 line. He had a question for Arash. He said, hey, Roddy, question for Arash. What does he think of the defense so far? Looks a little shaky at times. I'm sorry, Alex. We'll put it to, uh, we'll, I'll get your question in the next time Arash is with us. But they shut out Seattle last night 3-0. They go for the sweep tonight. It can't be that bad. If the Blue Jays' bats are silent and that's the problem right now, that's just a slumpy thing. They'll be back. Yeah. Uh, Rob Tyson watching in Cold Lake, Alberta, regarding the Leafs, he says, don't cling. He says, quote of the day, don't cling to a mistake just because you spent a lot of time making it. Author unknown. Interesting take from Arash, particularly for a guy that works at the network that carries the games and says, this is the definition of insanity. He didn't say that, but I'll say it. Doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's the first person that I've seen not go along with what the Leafs are doing. How did you feel about uh, Arash's take on that? You know, it's, it's funny because when you try something and it doesn't work, and now they're, they're, the Leafs are committing to doing the same thing again, basically saying we're going to bring the same group back. We're not going to change any, anything aside from a piece here and a piece there. Coach, GM, it's all coming back. I get that. But I think when you look at the Leafs as a team over the last 20 years, what they've done is always try and blame the problem on something that they can fix and not look in the mirror. 
It was the coach's fault. Babcock said it was this guy's fault. Out. GM's fault. Out. This player fault. Trade him. Right. And always blame it on something else. I think they need to look in the mirror and say, look at the problem, as you mentioned, Rod, is in here, heart. So we've all got the right pieces. We, together as a group, need to fix it. So I'd like to see them try that, stick with the group. It's really amazing the parallel with the Raptors because they are in the exact same offices in the same building as the Leafs, but the difference is Masai Ujiri, a president who's got a stiff upper lip, you know, and some shit spot. Last minute of play in the RP show. Last minute of play. He said, Dwayne Casey, gotta go. Right? Kawhi Leonard, we gotta have him. The trade for DeMar DeRozan, statistically the greatest Raptor ever. Although some will say Kyle Lowry, and I get it. It's a delicate sword, and that's why I think those, J- those jobs pay so much. Because <laughs> those are big decisions. Right? And so if, if, if Masai Ujiri just knew hockey... We wouldn't have a problem. (laughs) Jennifer from the Four Seasons. Ugh, she says, guts are in knots. Heart rate is already elevated. And puck drop isn't for another 7.5 hours. Go Oilers. Mark and Melfort. Randy Ambrosi needs to quit as CFL commissioner. Can't see that happening. Should be an interesting day tomorrow. Lots to discuss. Moose, enjoy the games. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Game plus. Who has more fun than us?